Animation is a medium that conjures up several different images and characters in our minds. Whether those are classic cartoons like Mickey Mouse and Popeye, or modern feature characters like Wallace and Gromit. One of the oldest forms of animation in film, however, was not done with a pencil and eraser, but rather with model figures and a camera. The art of stop motion in cinema can be traced back to the 1800s, and today's subject uses that time-tested technique and made it look and feel better than ever. A film about a young boy and his journey to save his town from an age-old curse. So if you're like me, and you enjoy film and the impact and emotions they convey, then grab a glass of your preferred liquid and join me for the next little while. For me, that's a glass of almond milk from our friends at Almond Breeze. So sit back, relax, and let's talk about the love of film. Welcome to Glazed Cinema. Subject today follows a young boy named Norman who sees and talks to dead people. Misunderstood by most, including his family, Norman is a sort of loner who gets looked at and bullied by other kids at school. His family loves him, but none of them understand his gift. His father, in particular, doesn't like it when Norman tells them that he speaks to his grandmother. Now, it's not like they have a bad relationship or anything, but rather that she is deceased. Norman likes to talk to her as she sits in the living room couch while enjoying her family's company and knitting. Despite all of this, Norman does have a good friend named Neil. Neil is also a loner who gets picked on as well, so they share that in common, and they enjoy hanging around with each other. Neil is the little brother of the high school quarterback, Mitch, who Norman's sister, Courtney, has a crush on. For a large portion of this film, these are the characters that we will follow. Neil, Norman, Courtney, and Mitch. Paranorman takes place in a village named Blythe Hollow, which is a fictional town in New England. The town itself is almost as if you mixed Salem and Sleepy Hollow together, which includes all the New England charm, architecture, and tourism. Early in the film, there's this great track shot that shows Norman walking through town to get to school. We see the townspeople talking and the tourist shops selling a variety of witch-themed merchandise. It's a great shot that shows off the town and the animation style. The style seen throughout this film is unique and wonderfully off-kilter. I'm not sure if there's any straight line seen in the entire movie, but I feel that that just adds to the character and charm of Paranorman. 
akin to Salem Mass, long ago a witch was executed in the town, and before her dying breath, she placed a curse on her accusers. On the anniversary of that fateful day, the witch's curse comes to pass. As the only one in the town who can talk to the witch, Norman must try to end the curse before it's too late. Paranorman has a lot of great scenes, but one scene in particular details the history and sets up the plot quite well. It occurs when characters Norman, Alvin, and Neil, along with some other kids, are rehearsing a play. The play is about the witch trials in the town's history. Norman is playing a townsperson, Alvin is playing the judge, and Neil is playing a tree. While rehearsing his lines, Norman reads them quite dryly, as most kids do during an elementary school play. It isn't until their drama teacher, Mrs. Hensher, stops him to recommend that he act with a little more, as she says, gusto. I won't try to mimic the tone or voice because it's pretty great, but the words give us a great backdrop of what happened long ago. Quote, They put her on trial and hanged her, but the vengeful witch cursed her accusers, seven of them in all, to die a horrible and gruesome death and arise from their graves as the living dead. Their souls, their souls doomed to an eternity of damnation. End quote. After the scene, Norman starts to see images of the past bleed through the walls until they engulf him and place him in the moment of time way back when, until he is jostled back to reality on stage. The entire sequence is great, and the voice acting of Alex Borstein, who plays Mrs. Hensher, is absolutely fantastic, and I love how the animators were able to blend past and present. It's a truly awesome scene. Paranorman includes an impressive cast of voice actors who help bring the characters to life. The impressive list of vocalists include Anna Kendrick, who voices Courtney, Norman's sister, Christopher Mintz-Ploss, who voices Alvin, Jeff Garland, who voices Norman's dad, Leslie Mann, who voices Norman's mom, and John Goodman, who voices Mr. Prendergast. Paranorman is a stop-motion animation film, and was written by Chris Butler, who also directed the film alongside Sam Fell. Released by the studio Leica in 2012, it joined the ranks of some of their other titles under the animation house, including Corpse Bride, Kubo and the Two Strings, and of course, Coraline. I remember seeing Paranorman in the movie theater when it came out. I was a college student at the time and went during the day after classes ended. I recall feeling out of place as I was the only one there without children. When the film actually began, however, I got swept away in the experience. It's a movie with a different tone than its predecessors, and it matches the aesthetic perfectly. It's a great matchup of 80s horror, coming of age, and children's movie that will provide something for all ages. Some of the scenes might be a little scary for younger children, but all in all, Paranorman 
brings a lot of fun, wisdom, and warm-heartedness with its PG rating that you should enjoy. Leica has made stop-motion animation look better than it ever has before. Some might say that they have put a shiny new look on an old art form. Stop-motion animation has been around for a, quite a while. In fact, the first documented commercial release using the technique was called the Humpty Dumpty Circus, which showed moving pictures in a toy circus. It was a big crowd pleaser upon its release way back in 1889. Arguably the most famous piece of stop motion, however, is King Kong, which used the technique to bring Kong and dinosaurs on the island to life. The animation was done by Willis O'Brien, who also used stop framing on The Lost World in 1925. O'Brien's work it went on to inspire one of the biggest names of the movement, Ray Harryhausen. Other than having a great sounding name, Harryhausen is responsible for some of the most legendary films utilizing stop framing. He was able to bring many characters and creatures to life, but personally, I'm partial to his work involving Greek epics. My favorite being Jason and the Argonauts from 1963 involving legends of Greek myth. Though still loved and revered to this day, their technology has come a long way since then, as today whole films are shot using nothing but stop motion, whereas in Harryhausen's day, only a portion of the film used the technique, while live action filming did the rest. Fast forward many years, and the technology and skill used today has advanced leaps and bounds. Though the technology has been updated, the process of shooting is roughly the same and thus takes a lot of time. After all, you're essentially moving something frame by frame, which is a rather tedious process. Paranorman took three years to complete from set and character design to post-production. The art style in this film is terrific and quite unique. In doing research on how this film was made, I learned some pretty interesting tidbits around how the world within Paranorman came together. One of the most interesting things I found was how the characters' expressions were shot frame by frame. Now, traditionally, with stop framing, the animators maneuver the face around frame by frame. However, Leica took a different approach. Instead, they replaced the face with different expression molds with each frame. This allowed for the animators to simply replace the forehead to have different eyebrow positions or the lower facial region to replace the mouth positions. This technique allowed for much more complex emotive animation. The same technique was used on Coraline as well. And for that film, they had to make several different facial molds for each expression that could be possible. All in all, there were 250,000 different facial expressions created between all characters. What's even more ambitious is each one had to be hand-painted after the 3D printing process. For Paranorman, Leica learned from this and instead used a color 3D printer, and this allowed for things like freckles, blush, and blemishes 
all to be in the same place each time and eliminate the hand painting process. It's pretty impressive to see how much thought, time, and energy goes into one small aspect of this film. There are some other crazy factoids I learned. For instance, Norman's hair is made up of dyed goat hair, and one Norman wig consisted of 250 hand-painted spears of hair. It's pretty impressive when you get down to it. Now, as I said before, there are a lot of sequences in Paranorman that I thoroughly enjoy, but they're hard to talk about without spoiling anything. But one of my favorites is truly simple. It's when Norman is riding his bike on his way to try and break the witch's curse. Suddenly, we hear a man say, Oi! Followed by a pretty fantastic beat. It's the sound of Fix Up Look Sharp from Dizzy Rascal. And with it, we see Elvin is standing outside under a streetlight. Under his feet is a slab of cardboard with a boombox playing sick beats next to him. Behind Elvin is one of his friends as two girls stand across from them watching. Waving his arms with the beat, he begins dancing, which soon sees him on the floor breakdancing. Between the music, the dance moves, and the, the stoic expressions of the girls, who are clearly unimpressed, I always giggle when I see this scene. It's really quick, but I always find it very funny. There's another scene like this that is quick, but pretty amusing. It takes place when the zombies are making their way through town. As they stumble and shuffle down an alley, we see a man putting coins into a vending machine, hoping to get a bag of chips. The bag is on the back reel of the machine, and as he hits the number combo, he spots the oncoming group of undead. Nervously, he glances at the bag of chips as it slowly makes its way toward the glass in front of him. He glances back at the oncoming threat, getting closer and closer, back at the chips. I, I just find this incredibly funny because the man is so determined to get his chips. I'll, I'll leave the ending for you because it's quite great. Paranorman is a great movie whether you watch it as an adult or you watch it with your kids. The artistry from the sets, characters, and voice acting is top-notch and the story provides a lot of fun and touching moments too. I loved this film after seeing it in theaters, and come back to it every now and again. I introduced my wife to this film last year, and she truly enjoyed Paranorman very much. There are a lot of great messages in this film too, and I love the way in which Paranorman weaves them seamlessly through the narrative and draws parallels to Norman in present day and the accused witch Agatha in the Puritan Age. There are themes ranging from anti-bullying, the steep price of fear, and the danger of ignorance that, despite their age, are unfortunately still around today. And whether you're a child or just a child at heart, we can all learn something from them. I highly recommend Paranorman for anyone and believe it's a truly great add to your list of films to watch this Halloween season if nothing else, for some brevity after all those scary movies you'll be watching. If you'd like to watch Paranorman for yourself, 
you can find it on a variety of streaming services. At the time of this recording, you can watch Paranorman on Netflix if you subscribe to their service. Netflix has a few different pricing options, ranging from $8.99 to $17.99 per month. You can also find Paranorman on Prime Video, YouTube, Apple TV, Google Play, and Vudu for either $2.99 or $3.99 to rent. This episode was written and recorded by me, Brian Kinney, with music by Kevin McLeod. If you'd like to learn more about this podcast, please feel free to visit our website at glazedcinema.com. There, you'll find some background on the show and also a place to submit ideas for future episodes. For film fans who are hearing impaired, the blog page on our website features each episode in written form as well. If you like this podcast, tell your friends or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Each week, there will be new content, including hints about episodes before they air. As always, thanks for listening, and I hope to see you next time with a beverage and another fine film on Glazed Cinema. Cinema.